Oh jeez, oh gosh, oh no, a black man's thinking for himself, cancel him. Welcome to the weekend show with Medium Jade. You know, today we gotta address it. We gotta address it. God, it's the elephant in the room. You know, everybody's asking what's going on. You know, people are frustrated, confused. Some people are, are, are running with the idea. I got earrings today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I got earrings, you know, people are wondering. Oh, that's what. They're clip ons, too. They didn't even hurt. They didn't even hurt. You know, clip ons, right? No, let's, uh, let's get down to actually the Kanye West, you know, or, or sorry, formerly known as Kanye West. Now he goes by Ye. Uh, he said some stuff that pissed a lot of people off. Now, I tried to address it at the beginning. I, I honestly just thought he uh, posted the. Uh, white lives, you know. I think I thought he was just posting "White Lives Matter" with the hoodie. Uh, turns out, I, you know, after I, I watched the Drink Champs episode and I watched the uh, Lex Friedman podcast, I watched him get walk off on poor Pierce Morgan. I watched him do um, virtually what is known as like a press run. For him to not say he's running for president, which was wild. He's like, legally, I'm not obliged to say that. I'm. It was basically a press run, but it was like, it's kind of all about the Jews. It was, it was, it was all about the Jews, right? It was quite a bit about uh, the Jews, right? Uh, and you know, he, you know, in the interview, from the interview and drink champs to the the Candace Owens documentary. And, and his Ice Cube uh, reference about how Ice Cube got him into anti-Semitism. The problem with... I, people don't understand Kanye. And, uh, and I'm tired of, like, <clears throat> explaining, like, a person that has mental illness. Because uh, I, I suffer from the same thing Kanye West has. Uh, it's called looking too much into details, I think. And, it's, and that's a very, it's a very simple statement. It's just thinking too much. Uh, I think Kanye West is the type of guy that... Once he finds out some information, and, and no matter if it's right or if it's wrong, he feels like he wants to share it to the world, right? Uh, and uh, I think um, I think he can't wait to find out how to do what the Jews have been uh, doing in the music industry for a while, right? I think he can't wait to find out like how to uh, lift up his people. And he, he's, he's, he's looking around for the answers, and he's having probably a lot of trouble finding the answers. And, 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 and if the people that he worked with consistently fucked him over, right? And I, I said this before, like, and, and we're always comfortable saying this, like, if a black guy, if, if a one black guy came and, and punched you in the face and you went, oh, man, I hate all black people. It's like, it's not all black people. It's just that one black guy punched you in the face, right? Uh, but if 10 guys consistently that day punched you in the face, 10 guys, all different guys, all different walks of, of neighborhoods, you know what I mean? You, you drove up the street, you drove into the, you know, downtown parkade, you drove into, you know, make a uh, Wendy's on the, in, in the, on the corner of, uh, like East St. Paul or, or on, like a nice area. And you drew, drove out into the lake in a, in the lake woods, uh, you drove and then you drove out into uh, you know out the perimeter into a different fucking bordering uh, neighboring town, and, and and it all happened it consistently. A black guy ends up punching you in the face. It's 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 respectably honest to just go. Yeah, I don't like black people, and people go. Oh. I mean, we don't know what they've been through. 
You know what I mean? Don't judge a man, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? You can't uh, walk a mile, you know, walk a mile in, in Ye's shoes till you, you know what I mean? And figure it out. Uh, the, the, the craziest thing is uh, he, we got to address some of the stuff he's talking. Like it's, I, and I, I know because I, I put all my eggs into Kanye's basket at this point, right? I know I've said it multiple times on this podcast that uh, I think he's better than Drake. Um, it's kind of made me di- really disappointed in Drink Champs. Really, like, really disappointed in D- Drink Champs when he was saying Drake's his favorite rapper. Because I thought I was Kanye. I thought I was your favorite. But I guess there's no movement behind my music. So I guess I, it makes sense. But at the end of the day, you know, it's okay. I'll forgive you, Kanye. Uh, the the statement of uh, Diddy a Fed. Wait, this is a wild one. Diddy's a Fed. That's what he said. Uh, and, uh, it, and, and Jay-Z's a Fed, too. That's what he said. And all these Meek Mills types, the guys that caught bodies and somehow didn't go to jail... The guys that you know, you know, you caught a you, you're doing all these. You're, you're bragging about doing this, being a real straight nigga. You know, did the rap and you got out six months later. How'd that happen? You know, Little Wayne has a great fucking quote. You know, this fucking my je, uh, my cousin went to jail for selling chickens, and then it's been like six months and and it's been like three months that nigga just got home. The nigga must be snitching. Cut him off like karate, you know. So. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of understand this. We're breaking down not just the fabric of reality, but the fa- the illusion of uh, the illusion of this uh, mass hypnosis and mass control over the me. And it takes one mind at a time, and it takes a while. But uh, if if these individuals like, and I'm not saying specifically just Diddy or Jay-Z, I'm talking about anybody in the music industry that you would go, or entertainment industry, like Alec Baldwin, right? Go like, how did you shoot? How did you shoot a woman and, and by, by mistake? And then and, and just nothing happened at all? Like you just, like, I don't know. I, I just, I, even in your personal life, right? In your personal life, like, I don't know, man. It's kind of scary to think that, like, his family and his wife and his kids and he's still all of that stuff. And it's like, well, I made a mistake. But yeah, but also, like, there should be some repercussions. Like, he, he literally just has, what, the court? Of, it's just, like, the thing is, I'd rather, to be specifically speaking of Alec Baldwin, let's side note, like we always do, if... I accidentally killed somebody and absolutely nothing happened to me other than people said, well, he's that guy that killed a guy. You know, there's a whispers and murmurs and a couple of comedians make jokes. That's a pretty good, that's, that's pretty good to get off of manslaughter by accidentally killing somebody, right? No normal person accidentally kills somebody and gets not even a slap. It wasn't even a slap on a wrist. There was nobody going like, ah, oh, well, that's fucked. And uh, of, of, Decent uh, power and authority. Right. There was no. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I think Alec Baldwin should have three, at least three nut kicks by the fucking mother of of the the, the child he shot, the the father of the child he shot, and any offspring or f- fucking relative friends that can come and and collect the nut kick 
at, at least that's and that's still like three nuts three kicks in the nuts to to take someone's life because you made a joke like you're shooting that it's it's not really fair for these individuals so Alec Baldwin might be a fed a lot of these guys when when Diddy's um, when Kanye okay we'll get back on to Kanye when Kanye says things like that right Kanye will say stuff like Diddy's a fed but it's the and he because he probably knows that when you do deals in in talking to police, you gave up information and you become the guy wearing a wire. We all watch. I mean, I, I mean, I did. A lot of people watch Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, right? And uh, we all know that the lawyers are pup. You know, the puppeteers. You know, pulling strings, which is why I always thought it was funny when. Um, again, again, side note. I always thought it was funny when. Uh, Drowning that song by um, who's that guy that sounds like Young Ma? Uh, sounds like a lesbian. Um, fuck, I'm drowning. I surround my neck, I'm drowning. Um, no, he sounds like a bitch. Uh, fuck, what's that guy's name? He sounds like a fag. Uh, what's that stupid guy? Stomped, took 12 guys to stomp a little B, the bass god behind at Rolling Loud because he was making fun of him on Twitter. Who's that bitch? A uh, boogie with a hoodie, uh, a hoodie boogie, a booger hoodie, or something. That faggot, that loser. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah, I always thought it was funny that he had the album cover of him being the puppeteer when literally he was signed to Eminem, right? Like he got signed to Eminem, so there's no way that he's the guy behind. He's behind the strings. You can't be behind the strings, and you're signed to somebody. That's just, and that's Kanye West, and it's brilliantly laid out with Kanye West but sometimes I think he gets a little bit ahead of himself when um, when you're constantly being attacked and scrutinized and you have no home base I mean fuck Kim left him Kim kicked him out he doesn't have his kids he's got an absolutely nothing and he still believes in God he still is marching forward he's still trying his best they literally canceled what I gotta go through it. It was it, what was it? It's uh, the Adidas. Ad- Ye lost Adidas, Balenciaga, Vo- his Vogue uh, deals with Anna Winter. I don't even know Anna Winter. I thought it, I always thought it was Anna Winter. It's Anna Winter. Uh, his literal talent agency. They just said overnight he lost all his talent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Uh, CAA is like uh, after that tweet I think he, he doesn't have any more talent so they dropped him uh, his lawyer the one that should defend himself that he pays for right any lawyer you know, lawyers defend uh, murderers rapists serial killers lawyers defend it all people that have Jeffrey Dahmer we have, and actually let's side note and talk about how fucked up De- Jeffrey Dahmer is I've been watching the series too I've been watching it on Netflix. Netflix actually has some good bangers. And I mean, I keep sidetracked into it, but we're going to stay focused because to, to get through, yay, sometimes you got to sidetrack. So, excellent point. Jeffrey Dahmer, he himself had a lawyer. 
And we have all seen, you know, he was a monster. He was a manipulative psychopath, luring young boys down to his his apartment to chop them up and then harvest his organs and maybe even eat some for later. And the weird thing is, man, uh, he was pretty he's pretty bulky. You know what I mean? He was getting pretty strong off of uh, gay men's livers and shit. He was weird, man. He was a surprisingly strong guy for a guy that was skinny. And then he started getting his first human uh, organs. And he, uh, he was kind of pretty healthy. I might go on the human diet. <laughs> it's a joke. I go on the human diet. You know, the, the, the all-meat human diet. The cannibal diet. Oh, yeah, cannibalism. Try it out. <laughs> Try it out. Try it out and you'll get uh, whatever trichinosis or whatever the fuck, uh, whatever the disease. But that it is, that is wild that he said that he said I remember because this is the thing I remember him because I studied him because I study all Jeffs. I studied Jeffrey Chauncer. I studied Jeff Dunham. I studied all the Jeffs to learn what kind of uh, shoes I'm stepping into. And the most famous, arguably, is probably Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Jeff Foxworthy. You know what I mean, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Bridges, right? There's a whole lot. Jeff Goldblum. There's a lot of very famous Jeffs, but I think Jeffrey Dahmer, at, at any point in history, you can make a pretty banging movie about him, and people will still go, wow, this is interesting. And the one thing that the, 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 the famous quote of his is, uh, I tried to avoid people with, like, tattoos. So he was he was very calculated. He wasn't like a... I don't think he was very as racist as they tried to paint him. He was just a fucking nut, right? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like he's just targeting black people, but it was one of those things where it was just easier to get away with because he knew racism exists. He was a smart guy, conniving weasel, I guess, or possum or rat or sewage dweller. You know what I mean? One of those guys. He, his quote said that he preferred to not eat people with tattoos because the ink messes up the taste of the meat, which is a wild, like, it's a wild thing to say. And I think he said that in court, too. Like, it was one of those things where he's like, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be honest with you boys. I just like to eat people. And there was nothing. And I just like to cut them up and watch, you know, slice them up. You know what I mean? And it was, there's nothing wrong. Like, if they did a scan on his brain, nothing was wrong with him. He was just a kid that liked to harvest organs. And apparently the only way to get for him to get organs was to lure. It was the easiest way. <laughs> the easiest way. Like, a guy like that, you take him go hunting, right? You could take him go hunting. Hunt, hunt caribou, hunt elk. But the weird thing is, maybe, would, would he have been better? You don't know. You don't know if he would have been better. It's not to say. Maybe he just wanted to do that. Maybe he, he was fascinated with human biology. And instead of doing it the normal way, like taking cadavers apart and studying it from a, a, a fucking mortician's point of view, he just said, fuck it, I'm going to learn free, uh, freehand, right? And I think that's exactly the type of guy he was. It was just like, well, I mean, I guess I could have got a job at the morticians instead of killing them myself, but he wasn't the bright. <laughs> why, am I defend why am I defending Jeffrey Dahmer? He wasn't the brightest guy, right? Let's be honest. He was a southern boy in a po impoverished neighborhood. He's kind of dim-witted. But he was, he did know people. 
he didn't know the psychological effects that people have can be, and can be played upon, right? And he can play a lot of people like a fiddle the majority of the time, right? And uh, I think Kanye West is trying to manipulate the public in a certain way. Uh, I also think he's also trying to put himself in the martyr. I mean, he's been the martyr all along. He said his mind the whole time. And I think when he he gets into these weird episodes, if 90% of what he says is right and 10% you could throw away, that's better than the majority of human beings, right? Like, think about what your best friend said to you when you talk when you talk to your best and and this is for people with friends if you don't have friends don't click off this if you don't have if you talk to somebody in the last week or two and you didn't argue with them you guys all had normal all healthy normal interactions that had no slip-ups no breaks you know you didn't talk over each other there wasn't like a kind of confusion in communication there wasn't yeah, every little interaction, or actually, screw that. Every little interaction you have with human beings in general, whether you go outside to the store and you get mad at that person, or you know you argue with that person, or you know you you go to like say, hey, what did you mean by that? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. I'm just I'm tired, and I, you know, there's a lot of little things that you can pick up on, and you can kind of go, well, the majority of people, you know, I don't like talking to to begin with. But when I listen to Kanye West, if if he's dropping gold nuggets of information like Diddy's a fed or like Ice Cube got him into anti-Semitism, because uh, <laughs> the whole thing, the thing is, no matter what you say, uh, if you just blame <laughs> Just, the whole thing ended up being a blame on like the whole drinks champs episode he's like i want to just thank <laughs> for getting me into anti-semitism and the problem is though that uh i think the first person to say fuck a jew wasn't it uh ice cube wasn't it ice cube wasn't it like uh no vaseline like jerry heller you know you know motherfuckers getting fucked by a jew with no vaseline right so the original thought had to have been uh, ice cubes, all right? Other than that, no one else had a problem with Jews ever before, right? Uh, maybe 1930s Germany. But even then, here's the thing. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll guess, put that in the burner. We're going to talk about Germany in the world, in the First World War. The, the, the one that was, you know, more accepted Germany. More acceptable Germany. You know, <laughs> Germany, lo- Germany lost the first time. Germany lost two wars. You know, in Germany, I don't know how they're that good at engineering stuff. They lost two wars. And, and and speaking of just Jews in general, fuck it. They lose the wars too. How are the Jews and the Germans still thriving? They are both losers in the in the world economics of fighting. Uh, I'm beginning to think this whole game is rigged, right? Like Jews and Germans, right? Well, how the fuck did both of them, like, kill each other, right, for years? And then somehow... Still, you know, still managed to come up with Volkswagen, still come Audi, you know, German came up with all these great engineering uh, advances in civil technologies. And the Jews went the entertainment route. And it's like, dude, like, all right. So there's the the fucking car manufacturers and then there's the fucking Hollywood. And it's like, dude, 
you guys both fought each other for literally not less than a hundred years. It was a, less than a hundred years ago. Almost fucking wiped each other out. And and, and and you guys bounce back and then we're just sitting here like, what the fuck? Right? Uh, my, 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 my buddy, I don't know if it's my buddy. Rapper that I once had a, a, a verse with. This guy, I really like him. And uh, I'm still I'm, I'm digesting, I think, his third album. He's got like 95 albums, this guy. It's K. Reno. He's a really good rapper and I suggest... If you don't like my music and you think it's too, you know, mainstream, because yeah, mine's a medium, Jay. I'm very, sim- I'm very honest and simple with my stuff. I'm very, this is just a light. It's just baseline of music is where I, I feel is. But this guy's deep. This guy's deep. He's a very smart guy, but he had one line that said, uh, if you take a look at the Jews, right, uh, they had a Holocaust and this day they bounced back. And to this day, uh, black people are. St- uh, to this day, something. To this day, you can ask why, you know, 400 years ago, slaves, but we're still kept down, right? Kept or kept back, he said, because it rhymed, right? It was a rapper. It was a rap line or whatever. But it was a, one of those lines that made me go, like, <clears throat> I reassessed everything in my mind at that point in my life. Right? I was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. The atrocities that are going on in history can easily... And when Kanye West on Lex Friedman's podcast said he can easily dismiss what happened in history because we're worried about right now. It's one of those things where you can be at war. You could be in war and you can think about your girlfriend at home. You could think about your mom sitting in her bed worried about you but when you're on the front lines and you're seeing everybody dying and it's everyone shell shock because I, I watched a quiet place uh a quiet place on the a quiet place on the western front uh last night and it was fucking so good so good uh, but when you're on the front lines uh nothing matters except that moment right that moment is what you're fucking fighting for your life you're watching you know this is what you do is it's that moment matters the most and then when the people that told you to fight say all right stop fighting you pack your stuff up and go and then you start worrying about history and what you did and all the stuff that you're accountable for and you, you deal with your ptsd afterwards right but yeah, he has a point, and uh, I'm sorry I would call you Kanye West. I just I fucking I, I respect, I respect the idea. Maybe Kanye is just thinking of the words in general. It's Kanye, so people are constantly conning. Yeah. Again, this is what this is what paranoid schizophrenics think about. Uh, so he changed it to yay because it's simpler and it's more happier and more positive. Again, that's something that most people don't even don't. The, we're looking at about one to two percent of people think like that, and maybe ten percent can imagine what it is. Maybe, but you know, they can only imagine what the thoughts in in Kanye. West, or we can all only imagine what the thoughts in Kanye West's head are. But a lot of them coincide with what I think on a daily basis, right? So, to to break down again what he did 
Uh, he watched a Candace Owens documentary, man. You watched a Candace Owens documentary, and to to, to I would I would have brought up this if I was yeah. Uh, on just drink champs alone, or or Lex Friedman, or his number one, Tucker Carlson, Pierce Morgan, or CNN, or or KKK today, <laughs> the TV live stream because that's where it's the only people that let him talk, uh, which is wild. <laughs> Put them on the leader. The funny thing is Dave Chappelle's only skit that you know Dave Chappelle and Rollins, the only skit that you know they they can put Kanye's face on as the leader of the KKK, right? And it's so funny because that's what made Dave Chappelle go to Africa. That's what made Dave Chappelle scared. That's what made Dave Ch- he was being manipulated the same way Kanye West is being manipulated. And who was Kanye or who was Dave Chappelle's first guest on the on the Dave Chappelle show? Kanye West and to be constantly ridiculed by Kanye uh, by Dave Chappelle Especially Candace Owens. She she dissed Candace Owens. Candace Owens said, well, if my pussy stinks, right? It was literally a stupid joke. My pussy stinks. I'm going to blow it all up in your face. And and, and, and she queefed it all up in his face, right? And uh, <clears throat> it was digestible. And I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it stunk like that. Floyd, uh, the Floyd, uh, George Floyd's uh, autopsy was, well, they had fentanyl in, in his system. And we all know how little it takes for fentanyl to kick in. Uh, large African-American, big guy. He is panicked. But again, if you think about what he would have done in his life, he's trying to buy... He's chilling with his drug dealer right next to him. He's trying to buy fucking smokes. He's trying to get high. He's fucking rolling, sitting outside after trying to use a, a fake $10 bill or a $5 bill. Uh, I've been there, man. And trust me, I've been I've been on lean, and lean is a painkiller. And uh, when, when, when you sip that shit or when you fucking take... I, to be honest, fentanyl is literally the hardest painkiller you can ever take, so... I can only imagine my thoughts on lean are fuck everybody. I'm the shit. I'm the shit. Like lean is a godlike confidence and it's like a painkiller, like a synthetic heroin. So it puts you in this state of absolute euphoria. And at the same time, you can't feel pain, right? Like it's, uh, well, especially with cough syrup, it just takes away your sore throat, right? <laughs> so it, uh, it 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 alleviates all your pain. So no matter what's happening to you, you can't really feel it. Uh, and uh, the, I think if you put him on his back at the, to begin with, that alone when, is when you're because when you're over, there's a lot of times we watched Uma Thurman choke to death on her own vomit and. Um, Pulp Fiction, right? There, she. If she's sitting on a certain way, you have to roll people on their side. The police officer, if he had to blame anything, should roll them on the side and 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 then put a knee on his neck or whatever racist thing he was going to do. I'm not judging uh, racism or not saying that I'm excusing Derek Chauvin. What I'm saying is. Uh, Actually, what am I saying? I'm saying that I think that Derek Chauvin could have saved his life. That makes sense. That 
that sinks in. Because um, if you put someone face down in handcuffs while they're rolling on fentanyl, but the thing is, I don't know if he wanted to tell them that there's fentanyl in the car. So it was a big, and that's <clears throat> what happens nine times out of ten. That most the, the drug dealer was so afraid of incriminating himself that he couldn't tell the truth to the police officers and, and and he couldn't tell the truth to the guys to say, hey, this guy's fucking, he just took three massive size hits of fucking fentanyl and uh, he's rolling to just treat him kind of nicely. But instead, people started filming it going, he's having trouble because of how aggressive they're treating him. Uh, so it's a tough it's a tough documentary to watch and uh, if you got a weak heart or a weak stomach I, I suggest or a weak mind to begin with I suggest don't watch it because you can take a lot of elements from it's a spite document the weird thing is it's a spite documentary it's weird that can and Candace Owens is one of those women that you go like holy fuck man like, like Dave Chappelle called you your pussy stinky and you get on stage going like, and you get on, and the, the problem with it though, with the documentary, <laughs> she she walked into that documentary looking like her shit don't stink. Welcome to the weekend show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she walked into the show about trying to discredit every single thought that you were supported black everyone that supported black lives matter movement with what her intention was just to prove that my pussy doesn't stink are we happy now with the media guys dave chappelle's kanye west's the candace owens everybody that supported black lives matter that that fucking bought mansions and and gave money to the trans community for some reason that's why the trans community seems unstoppable now uh does are we are we happy are we uh, is this is this our society thriving is everything okay out there in the ethos you know, as a man that constantly just reads books and sits at home and plays video games by myself, boy, did I make the right choice by not getting involved in, the, in any industries that are completely a facade. Like, uh, there's times when I feel like I made the wrong decision in my life by driving a truck. And I think, like, when I'm in a truck, there's nothing normal. More, There's nothing more normal than... Getting obeying the laws of of thermodynamics and and you know there's nothing no you know object in motion you know stays in motion and, and hit the brakes and to stop it and and to open up the hood and okay it's running hot what's it okay it's oil oh and that's all I gotta worry about that's you know fill up the fluids and and, and close the door while I'm driving that is almost a blessing. Like to just that's all I have to worry about as my job in the industry that I'm in. There's subtle nuance. Uh, there's subtle. It's a subtle brilliance to the nuances placating our society. We we have this. We have this constant need to be seen. Like in Kanye West, 
you know, he he needs to be seen. But uh, it, it makes sense though because he is that guy. I would liken to Shakespeare of our time, modern day Shakespeare. Why do you say that? Why would I say that? You know, you ask me why. I would say that he's Shakespeare because Shakespeare, almost in every single one of his plays, if you studied Shakespeare, and we all probably did in college, we all know Romeo and Juliet. And if you just take his most famous works, like Romeo and Juliet, Othello, uh, is it uh, the other one, uh, Hamlet, you take those famous ones, it's all critiques on the posh society of the times, the kings and the queens. And the, and he, he, he's the guy making the plays, but he's subtly shitting on them. Now, Kanye West, his whole life, if you look at all of his music, he's slightly shitting on the entire industry. He's slighting them. He got on stage on... Uh, sorry, Taylor Swift, you're, you, you know, but I, I think Beyonce had the best video of all time. And he every, a lot of people went like, yeah, she did have a literal... The single I remember the single ladies video was there was more parodies and more and more people were laughing and dancing and everyone was doing more of that single. It was a dance that guys I remember guys is doing that and at that time, single ladies guys doing the if you like it then it don't put over that shit doing at that time gays weren't accepted that much that broke down a whole. It broke down a whole lot of barriers for people to just have fun and dance in the club and do a fucking girly dance. You like it, then you should have put her. And a guy's fucking singing along to it. When you got a guy singing along to it, if you like me, they put a ring on it. Like, no guy fucking gives a fuck about getting a ring from his wife unless they're, unless they're singing along to Beyonce in the club, if you know what I'm saying. The idea that. When Beyonce came out and made that entire movement of like literally changing the archetypes of the society, structural society, and then we just give it to Taylor Swift because she, her video, uh, what was their video again? That's right. That's right. I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe people are screaming at my in my uh, thing but I rem I, the funny thing is like two weeks ago I was delivering this is personal again I'm gonna gonna side note again uh, I was delivering to uh, I was delivering to a 7-Eleven right I was driving around around I'm you know, I like to drive around I drive around I was driving around and I seen these Swifties these girls these you know girls and a couple of guys all having Swift posters, man. This was the time when Kanye West was in the thick of it. He just dropped his Drink Champs interview, and uh, Taylor Swift had her album. <laughs> so it could all be calculated. It could all be a fuck you to Taylor Swift. This could all orchestra. He could have just said, "I don't want any of my deals. I'd rather just spite Taylor Swift." It could. It could. It, it, you never know. You. With Kanye West, you never know. He's playing not even 4D chess anymore. At this point, he's in eighth. He's in the eighth realm of the. If he gets to the ninth dimension, any, 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 really, we might find we might have interstellar planet, interplanetary uh, st uh, travel by the end of the by the end of Kanye West's life. Because man, he is running through the simulation. Like no other man, and him, 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 and Elon Musk, right? But uh, yeah, him and Elon Musk. And speaking of Elon Musk, Elon Musk just bought Twitter. 
and he showed up with a kitchen sink, which is, uh, that's, uh, let that sink in, right? Throw the kitchen sink at it. Uh, there's no other sinks to go on. But the, the, the funny thing is he also fired several other top executive uh, chief staffs of Twitter. And these are the guys that were responsible for holding down countless accounts from being able to access growth on their platform, on their network, in their lives, and in their communities. It's uh, pretty sickening to actually realize that you've been shadow banned for this longest time. And I, I just had to pray that somebody that wanted to be the voice of public reason and free speech to, uh, you know, you just got to hope that one guy does one billionaire does the right thing. And, and, and today the, the press has a field day of like people going like, oh, gosh, now people are saying the N word on the Internet again. I go, no, they just blocked it. <laughs> They just blocked a lot of people were still saying the n-word on the internet a long time ago Have you ever joined a call of duty lobby and talked to a 13 year old kid? I have <laughs> Have you ever talked to a, a, a little eight-year-old girl a little eight-year-old girl call you the n-word and she'll just think it's funny and uh, It's the internet. I, I get it. It's funny. It is funny when I'm a kid you're a kid You like to do things sometimes you like to prank your parents sometimes you like to uh, you know, hold your hand on the stove just to, or pretend that you are. You put a fake. Oh, fuck my camera. Jesus Christ. This was all. Oh, damn, I hate this camera so much. I hate this stand. All right, well, I accidentally turned off the. the we got to start, start it all over again. We'll do it from the top. No, uh, what I'll do is I'll uh, I just edit it. I'll just put it together. I just hate editing. I hate editing so much. The, uh, but the, the, the crazy thing, you know, I, cause I use Twitter occasionally and I used to use it a lot before I used to, uh, use it daily. And eventually I remember like about nine, 10 years ago, I was using Twitter all the time. And then I slowly seen that my decline and decrease in engagement throughout the years. Right. I thought I fell off. I thought my views didn't align with society. I thought I was uh, too obscure for any kind of following. I was just like, I went, I watched my shit go from 28,000 followers to about 14,000 followers in the span of a year. To, uh, I'd say half a decade. I'd say five years to be fair. Because it's overestimating my times, so that it doesn't. I don't know why the why is there that a thing? Why do you overestimate just stuff? I I don't know. Okay, my bad. Going a little too deep into this thing, but I did notice that like, and and people would tell me like, man, you have all these followers, but like nobody fucking lit. And I was like, yeah, they're all bots, I guess. I don't know. I can't stop a bot from following me. I mean, I don't know. It's fucking. Just there, fucking send, sending, sending me spam emails and and check out my mixtape. It's a lot of those guys that go, hey man, I'll follow you, you follow me, and I just like I don't even respond to them, and he's following me still. So, and then he goes, here's your mixtape, here's or here's a mixtape for free, and I like your music, check out my music. Those types of guys DMing you all the time, or I got beats, a lot of producers and a lot of photographers and a lot of cinematographers and a lot of people that like to do art like to follow Medium J. But uh, apparently the, the art community is very, it's the, the like, it's very like, you like, 
you push that like button, it's it's not just like they're not they're not whores with that like button. I I thought at least I was telling myself that I was like I don't know I fucking I got my I got high standard followers I guess I didn't know what to say to people when they said man how the fuck do you just say stuff and but then it turns out I was just fucking shadow banned for a long time for a long time I was shadow banned and uh, me and Kanye West right no. <laughs> Me and Kanye West are both, you know, when you when you look at our life and we look at, you know, my life and his life, like, I did it, I did it all, right? I made my own beats. I got me, I took some other beats. I rapped. I said a lot of stuff about the Jews. Kept going in. I didn't fold at the at the hip and bend at the knee. R.I.P. George Floyd, regardless of how you died. R.I.P. Uh, I didn't just believe one person. I tried to find the truth. I uh, suspected Diddy was a fed the whole time. Eminem talked about it too, and everyone everyone loves when Eminem talks about uh, Diddy being a fucking weird uh, weird guy that got Biggie killed or got Pac killed. You know he. But it was all fun and games when Eminem said stuff that's crazy on the track. I guess because when rappers leave the tracks and music and they get out into the real world and, and into interviews and into podcasts, yeah, especially what I'm doing, what I'm doing is this, this again, my podcast is art though. So it's my podcast is, is open to subject to subject. Cause again, I'm, I tell people I make up everything. I tell people I make up everything, and the majority of people that don't have time to listen to my bullshit, I'm gonna ah, fuck it. But I'm not trying to talk to the the ninety nine percent. I'm trying to talk to the one percent of people that would, you know, try to, the the end goal for me to and to again, I hate the fact that most people need. These this amount of explanations, but when Doctor Phil got on Joe Rogan and said the majority of the states, I don't know, one third of the people in the states can't read past the third grade level. I wish he did the other two percent. I wish he did the other uh, two thirds. He probably would have said, "Well, one third can't read past the fourth grade level." If he said one one third, or the other third can't read past the fifth grade level, he'd go, "Oh, oh, oh." And the ninety and the ninety nine percent of people can't read at all, and only one percent of the people are the ones that are able to read contracts. <laughs> They're the only ones. You just if you could just read a contract from front to back, you take some time, take some days, so to you get to be a billionaire. You get to be the one of the one percent, right? I don't know. I'm not too sure how that works. Uh I'm not too sure how how the, the other two thirds are. Maybe it's more of a higher standard of of education or something. But yeah, one third of people. So I gotta break down what I do in this podcast. And if it, the end goal in my life is to teach patience, it's to give people i guess give information to you know, my whole thing is give a long-winded speech that ends with something that you can kind of take home but you gotta kind of wait for it well kind of let me get the words to describe it 
I will find it, but I kind of talk slow. Um, from a midwestern town in Canada, you know, and it's a it's a it's a mind fuck too. My my town, it's uh, it's one of those. It's cold. It's the coldest place. Almost, it's almost the coldest place on earth. Dead center in uh, North America. Dead center in America and Canada, and it's the continent. No, Americans, one third of Americans, a continent is a a piece of land that hosts multiple countries, you dummies. (laughs) And uh, the majority of... uh, Fuck, totally forgot what I was saying. Totally, totally forgot what I was saying. What the fuck was I saying now? Oh, yeah, patience. So there's a a time when you got to let people think. You got to let people think it out and have patience. And at the end of the day, you should have patience with Kanye West, right? You should have patience with Kanye West. And uh, Lex Friedman beautifully t- described the idea of just letting this guy speak. Because he doesn't, we know he doesn't, he's not fucking, but he's mad, man. He's mad. Because he got to the end of the game in his life. He got to end game. He ra- unraveled that string and found that there was no carrot at the end of the string. There was no, like, you get to now beef. Like, you know when you finish a game in GTA and it's kind of disappointing because you go, uh, well, because you, when you finish the actual game in GTA, right, and Kanye West does this metaphor a lot, but I'm talking about literally because I finished the, I finished the video game GTA, I felt like there was something more. Like, I was like, why can't I call up the Jet guys? And they did that online, and they slowly kept updating it. But I remember being like, when the first game first came out, there wasn't nearly as much updates. And I went like, I should be able to call up the Plutonium guy. I sh- If I finished a game, I became the fucking greatest fucking criminal in, the, in all of... Uh, Los Santos, which is actually Los Angeles, it's fucking a parody, but if I became the greatest criminal organized gang leader or whatever it is, I should be able to call up my, you know, drug, I should be able to call up Mexico, flood in, you know, do all this stuff, and I just felt like the same way I think Kanye Westfield, he got to the end, and he should... He's the greatest entertainer in all of history for a second before he said the stuff about the Jews that immediately went back. He's n- he's now my level. He's at my level and I'm picking Kanye. If I, when Kanye West got to the point where it's I'm helping pick him up, it's we've got a problem. I don't do I don't own shit and I don't know shit. Cash Leaders is one of those fake businesses like Tim Dillon says. One of those it's like it's kind of there. Uh, we know, we all know it's not. It's just for fun, guys. It's just silly, you know. It's it's just like cash leaders. Yeah, oh, with the leaders of cash. Yes, yes, that's what we are. All of the cash. Yes, even though that funny money down in Russia. <laughs> even that, you know, whatever. I feel like Kanye West got to the end of the game, in his mind, end of as far as he could stretch his. Physical, mental, emotional, intelligence. Everything wrapped up his whole life. He got to the end goal. 
you know, to make his mom proud and to help out, help out his community, help out his family, help out his church, help out everything, community and God. And he believes in God. He wanted to help out the, the world, right? And to do that, you got to help out your community first and to help out your community first, you got to help yourself. And he helped himself to the point where he can feel like he should be able to help out the people around him. And when he realized that there was no contract that involved him, uh, and it's a one-to-one contract. It's, it had to be an all-encompassing contract with several other people that had to be funneled through him himself. And that sucks. That really sucks. It sucks that several contracts had to have been laid out and they all had to be funneled through him, the magical Negro, and not these regular people like Big Sean and Meek Mill or whoever, the, or, uh, you know, Pusha T's and, and, and all the, the, the bottom tier. They had to funnel it, the money up to the, the magical Negro. The magical Negro had to go, all right, well, I can pick and choose who gets paid the best. And then I funnel it up to the Jew. And then, and then, and then the Jew is the one that actually has the at a certain point we have to have fucking ridiculous money it has to be a ridiculous amount of money to literally in the span of about a, about a month all of October which is wild it's literally just a month he went on drink champs you know he he said stuff that was offensive don't get me wrong it was it's offensive uh but I, I know where he's coming from, man. Because when you're being thrown away to a mental hospital, because this is what Kanye West has been dealing with. He has dealt with mental illness, and he talked about it. And all of the the people that put him in there had to, just so happened to be Jews, so he's got anger and frustration. But when he feels like they're trying to put him into the mental hospital again, you ever see a guy getting locked up or go to jail or, or being you know, tased, detained, he stole a bottle of liquor and he's on the ground like fucking with the handcuffs and he's saying wild shit like, man, the police are all bitches, all this shit, government's fucked, fucked. He's saying that because he's fucking, his hands are tied. His hands are tied. So, you know, and with the metaphorical speaking, Kanye West literally is, he... Dude, name another person that loses their family, their job, their this, their that. And I said it at the beginning of this podcast. I'll say it again. Alec Baldwin has his whole life together still. And he murdered somebody. He murdered somebody. I don't care if it was a mistake. Connie West say the Jews are all bad by mistake. He's going deaf. He said he's going deaf calling on the Jews. He didn't even say the Jews are bad. He just is tired of the contracts that the Jewish, that all the Jewish people happen to write. Right? He's tired of that. And that's not, that's a fair statement. That's a very fair statement. Very fair statement. Uh, moving on though. Cause I can only fucking, I can only break down so much of uh, Kanye and uh, what the fuck's wrong with my camera focus or something sorry guys i can only break down Kanye west so much before uh i get wrapped up into that uh it's just uh, good old crazy negro thinking for himself again thing and it sucks it sucks when a black man thinks for himself that he's exiled out of the community immediately and his own community black people don't like me man like the majority of black people, unless they're free thinkers, they don't like me, man. They don't like me, uh, you know, 
because the, if they all have the the, it, the the problem with the democratic black people and it's not it's just that we they, they think that that's going to make them better someone else no one in your life will ever come around and be the magical help that you think they are no one's going to help you nobody unless i mean i mean sure don't get me wrong family there might be a fucking you might have a daddy you know girls you might have a daddy that will help you out but the majority of people that are waiting around with their thumb up their butt for a guy to sign them to a label with a fan the money in the bank contract you know i'd like w- i really like wwe I'd, the money in the bank contract comes around and they give you the fucking million dollars that you you had for all your hard work doesn't happen man doesn't happen you gotta snatch it out of the guy you gotta snatch that millions out of that guy's hands right you gotta take it you gotta take it right metaphorically speaking again so we'll leave it at that i watched the gabriel iglesias you know aka the fluffy uh document or not documentary uh comedy special and uh this was like a two-hour special that just released recently on netflix and uh this netflix special that he had he did something that i thought was brilliant during that interview or fuck what am i saying i'm so focused i'm still thinking about kanye i think it's so hard not to talk about him but during his comedy special gabriel iglesias broke down to, to, to two parts and the first half was his clean material and he was fucking the second half was his like you know little raunchy you know he mentions his fucking he mentions his uh raun- little bit of raunchiness and he talks about a time when he got naked on stage or like things like that and i never saw that side of fluffy right and and to be brutally honest man the guy named fluffy you think it's just kind of you know it's fluffy material right and he, i never seen that side of him and and it it made me realize that the majority of these bigger than life comedians and bigger than life actors is that there is a secret side to them. There's a secret side to them. And when fucking Fluffy broke down and he said, "Yo, by the way, Netflix, you know, I fulfilled my contractual obligation, so I'm going to say whatever the fuck I, in, a, in his own words. And he said it nice because he's a, still a polite guy and a talker, but he basically said, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. Right? And it's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite fascinating uh, to hear some some of his raunchy material is really funny, right? And fucking, yeah, I knew I know that Fluffy did those voices, right? I was a fan of of him. I'm a fan of comedy in general, or like uh, I like the Divine Comedy though. Back when it was good, <laughs> the Divine Comedy. <laughs> Like, I like Iliad, you know what I mean? Not this new stuff that they're doing. (laughs) Not this uh, fucking whatever. Mm. The Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, right? Now, Anderson Silva was poshed up. I liked him. This was my favorite fighter in all of history. This is, and Jake Paul came and shat on, (laughs) he came and shat on my life. He shot on my dreams. He shot on my favorite fighter in a boxing match, man. They did it in a boxing match. 
it's getting to a point where these Paul guys, I think, are just m- moving through the contractual obligations to just fuck over all legends of fighters, right? Like, they're just doing this weird thing. And I'm not saying that uh, Floyd Mayweather <clears throat> turned boxing into this bullshit kind of thing, but when Floyd Mayweather decided to, was it when he fought Connor? That opened up a realm for people to go, oh, you could just fucking fuck with people. As long as you guys are both really famous, you could just fuck with people and just have this show. And even if you get punched out, you guys all get a bag at at the end of the day. You all get more money than you ever can imagine. Jump to after that fight, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, and all those, 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 these YouTuber guys started fighting. And uh, they're making more money than actual fighters, people. And uh, it just it tainted the reputation that boxing is now slowly becoming this WWE thing. And and I've realized that maybe what I said last week was harbored emotions about my dad. Granted, I still want to fuck him up. Granted, I still want to kill my dad. I'll still lay that nigga out. Don't get me wrong, but I also shit on a lot. Of, <laughs> I shit on a lot of things in 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 because I was mad. I wo- I literally woke up mad. You know when you, you get the one text from your know, father. Like I I don't care about anything, but like it's like when family does you wrong. You know. I shit on like boxing in general. I shit on you know, my other family. I shit on my, I think maybe my mom. I shit on all of Africa and the entire black community. I shit on quite a bit of people last week and I gotta apologize about that. Uh, and, but I do feel that I have un, unexplored emotions about boxing because I thought it was such a fine craft. And I, I, even though I'm a wrestler, I thought boxing was very difficult. I knew it was. But then, like, to see it slowly turn into this dance where it's just, uh, like, Jake Paul and Anderson Silva fight. Both of them aren't, like, you know, Jake Paul's, and I guess he's been going ham as boxing. And his whole thing is underestimate me. And he's probably a great boxer, but I wish he just did normal, like normal fights that are interesting. And and he worked his way up instead of this backwards. I'm crushing all of these guys that are on their way out just so that they get money and we all get money. And it's like the Floyd money Mayweather, he can't read, man. Mayweather can't read. And if he was able to read, he'd be able to know the signs of the times. When you do these fucking old larger than life fights just for money, you slowly start making a parody of yourself. You slowly start making a parody of the sport. And you slowly start, like, I've made fun of Mike Tyson, I make fun of, I make fun of boxers. But Muhammad Ali. Uh, Muhammad Ali is one of those boxers that is noble, honorable. Manny Pacquiao is one of those boxers that's a scrapper, always going to get back up, you know, type of guy. Uh, and you have your your Floyd Mayweather's, your Ricky Hatton's, your 
fucking what Eche Alvarez. You have your guys that are these characters, right? And uh, when you start doing the WWE larger than life persona in boxing, just know that the more it works, the more people will do it, and the more it'll just become guys coming out in entrance music doing the Hulk Hogan. You know, brother, what are you, what you going to do, brother? And, you know, you, you block a guy's punch with your gloves and you go, and you take off your glove for a second. And you go, nope, not today. And you put it back on and you punch him and he takes it because they're all just doing dives for money. It feels that it's going to get, boxing is going the route of traditionally what WWE is and in fake wrestling. And UFC is is we all like UFC it's a badass sport but it is one of those you know Kobe Cuffington things you know to be Anderson Silva did do showmanship he put his hands down even though he was taking punches from 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 people or whatever he does that like he's trying to be a showman but you can't be a young spry guy when you're that age i'll say it again and i'll say it again like these guys it's sad when a boxer or any fighter, a wrestler, even the Undertaker, is like you're 50 and you're still putting a tombstone on a guy. And it's like, or like when he did the, I watched the Undertaker one time and this is what really made me sad. He, there's a time when he was trying to do that sit up and he couldn't and he did it. He took him like two or three tries and he tried to, and I was just like, oh man, he's finished. Or John uh, John Cena couldn't lift up a guy, and he actually pulled his back in real life. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> he's finished. Or when The Rock, you know, he hit his elbow, and he's like, ah, Charlie Horse, it's a Charlie Horse. And he got on mic, and he's like, just because The Rock gets a Charlie Horse every once in a while. <laughs> he did the people's elbow messed up. And, ah, ah, sprained my head. <laughs> Ric Flair still doing the figure four at, at his pace, which was wild. He was still like, <laughs> like an old man shaking, right? He's just like, I'm gonna get the figure four. Okay, I'm I'm one percent down. Is loading fourteen percent complete? <laughs> we almost have a locked on. Now, can you give me your leg? And he's like, Yeah, here's my leg, buddy. <laughs> You like have to. The figure four leg lock is such a you. You need to, to. You actually need a guy to give you his leg so that you put his leg back over his and get it up. But the weird thing is, man, people will think this is cap. I remember wrestling with my buddies and they didn't know what I was doing and I was like, watch this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and they're like, what are you doing, you faggot? And I was like, watch this, pull my butt, lock him in. I'm like, you're fucked, dude. You're fucked. You're gonna cry. Put him in a bigger fort like He's like, ah, shit, dude. What the fuck is this? He's, he's like, I can't get out. I'm like, yes. Dude, once it's... Dude, the thing is, if you are if you sink in... And this is no disrespect to any real fighters. If you can somehow sink in a figure four leg lock, you can literally break a guy's... With his own heel, break his own fucking... Shin, dude. <laughs> it's the shin. You can literally, and it it takes minimal amount of effort. It it's almost like clasping your legs together uh, when you're sitting on a toilet. That's how com. That's how comfortable it is. You're sitting on a toilet, just 
having a shit. That's pushing out a shit. And we all shit. So it's pretty fucking easy to fucking break someone's shin in the figure four leg lock. And I just, I love the, that's my favorite move. And because if they can somehow turn you on the back, it immediately turned. It's the worst pain for you. It's such a good move. I don't even know who the fuck invented it. It's like, just lock your legs together. And then you have the immense amount of pressure. And then if he turns it over, you are fucking feeling that pain now. It's, uh, it's, uh, quite a, quite a thing to ponder. If you, if you just take a step back and imagine the universe as a circle, right? Or earth, just, we'll, we'll zoom back in. Not so far the universe. It's hard to it's easy to get lost in all the stars. Let's focus on Earth for right now. Now the world's a circle, right? And uh, if you think about it, technically there's no point in life, right? There's no access of point. But if you think about every circle, and I watched this show called A Trip to Infinity on Netflix. Shouts out to Netflix, by the way. You guys have been dropping really good things. A circle, and each point, in each point of a circle, if you, is an angle. There's an each angle. So there's actually a series of so many angles in a circle that it just smooths out and it becomes a circle. So it's like, that's why pi is infinite, but it's an infinite number to it. Now, the thing is, every single number has an infinite number of of spaces in between them because it could be divided accordingly. And it's... It's kind of a thought that you need to hear again. I've, I've, I did know this in school, and I did study it, and I did study physics. And then one thing that I took away from physics that I learned is that <clears throat> anything can be manipulated through space and time, I think. And that's, that's good knowledge to have if you, um, if you know what to do with it. It's, it's kind of actually bad knowledge if you don't know what to do with it because you end up making things like fucking crazy bombs and shit you end up making stuff that you don't really understand and you know you know you know so it's good knowledge to have and and it's even better knowledge to have if you know what to do with it right so um what the fuck was i saying again life's pointless uh i told i totally forgot what i was saying there's something there there's i guess i guess there was no point sometimes people just talk you know Sometimes people just like to. I like to. To be honest, I like to hear my own voice. I don't. I don't sing and rap for nothing. I like to hear my own voice. I like this right now. The way I sound it sounds good. Very delicious. Digestible. I believe what I'm saying the majority of the time. I often fall for my own lies because I'm so good at just making it up. But uh, <clears throat> one thing I won't make up is that. Uh, my landlord's car got stolen today, so I gotta say God is good, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? Play that music, dude. <laughs> Karma's a fucking bitch. You know what I mean? Let that fat lady sing, motherfucker. My landlord was a dick to me almost all year, all year to me and Tyler. Shouts out to Tyler, by the way. He's he moved down to uh, back into his mom's place. Hopefully, his mom's beating him. Yeah, he slapped that kid around. He's fucking kind of right. He got arrested three times for the same girl. The same girl. You know, all you have to do is not talk to her. Uh, t- 
for people that don't know this episode of sipping and ripping with Tyler and my buddy just had a couple of run-ins with some chick that you know just wasn't right for him and she kind of fucked him over and ended up going to jail and uh, spent a night or it wasn't jail it was spent the night in one of those things and he's facing charges where it's like it's one of those things where it's like he's just a kid first love thought it was good she fucked with him in his head and uh, maybe she too thought he was good too I and mean, fucking they said that it goes back and forth and it ends up being one of those domestic it's much like Shakespeare Romeo and Juliet young kids that Everybody else, uh, her family saying, stay away from him, you know, stay away from that boy. And his family saying, you know, stay away from that girl. So, and at the end of the day, that's how two little kids fucking wind up taking poison and drinking. Drinking, uh, drinking each other, you know, killing each other, killing themselves. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my landlord lost his car. So here's how the story goes, right? I would talk about my landlord losing his car. Uh, so it's his mom's car, by the way. My landlord, the men, and, and it's all the, the mom that owns everything. And uh, she's getting real sick, so I'm just coping now. As soon as she goes, you know, I won't have to pay rent. Hopefully, the point I'm trying to make is this car got stolen. Right, where'd the car go? Nobody knows. Hopefully, they found it by now. But I remember my landlord called me up, and, uh, his mom, so Ricky's mom, right, called me up saying, oh, you know, I'm dealing, I got some stuff, and I'm sick, and all this stuff, and I went, oh boy, here comes, because this is what I hear all the time, right, it's the cry wolf from his own mom, and from, it's a family, the family of, uh, <clears throat> they just happen to be Filipino, but, and they happen to whine a lot, right, I'm not, not being racist, I'm just, Trying to describe, get the best description possible for people's the viewers. So she, can't, she said all this stuff, and I go okay. And then she said my car is stolen. So I and I, I here's the thing: when your level of trustworthiness is so low that you go, I don't, I don't believe your car got stolen. Like you're just telling me this so that I have to drive because you don't want to pay for gas. Or that's what I legitimately thought that because he fucking my landlord literally was here yesterday. Or okay, but speaking of the the time when I'm talking, he was there yesterday to collect the rent. I said I have the rent, come get it, and he didn't get it. Uh, he said wait. Then I thought I thought this whole thing was like a fucking my conspiracy mind ran well much like Kanye West my conspiracies just ran out of my mind and I was like ah he maybe he's him and his family are lying maybe they put it in a shop maybe they're just saying that for sympathy so I give them more money towards rent and pain all of that stuff and you know run the gauntlet of of, of series of events that could happen in the world right. <laughs> Turns out the story goes, my my my, uh, my landlord Ricky says, <clears throat> the whole family says, well, Ricky specifically told me that his brother John, the, the smart one of the family, left the he left the car running, ran into Domino's Pizza, his, his fine establishment that he works at, to grab a free two liter drinks. 
You tried to get a two-liter drink from work. He went all the way down to work to get a cheap two-liter drink. But he left the car running. So <clears throat> when you take enough free lunches, right, eventually when it goes around and comes around and it bites you in the ass, someone stole his car while it was running. And hopefully it was one of those. Uh, and, and this is, again, not racist. I just hope that it would be executed well. I hope it's one of those guys on the res and they take it to the res chop shops, right? They break it down for the parts and put it back together and, and there's a guy riding around with a new car, basically. Brand new car for free. And the insurance pays for his car, guys, so it's no big deal. But I'm just like, it's just a convenience that... And it's, it's such an inconvenience to lose your car, right? Because you're so used to your car. It's, and it kind of makes you feel like you, you can't trust anything. But I just want to say God is good, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you think that people are just consistently fucking over everybody all the time. <clears throat> and karma every now and then comes back to bite you in the ass, right? Every now and then, karma comes in to bite you in the ass, much like the Twitter employees from uh, Twitter, right? You want to you want to silence the masses? Well, you fight. Yeah, congratulations. Hit them with the Donald Trump line. You fight. Um, I don't know. Should I go and? We got an ad for you guys. It's literally just I did the, all of my ads are bullshit. I do say, uh, except for bath mates. I'll put the affiliate link in the fucking description, and that's all you guys get from me. I got another ad though, and that's Mortals Make Messiahs. Now, the Messiahs edition. This is my album that I almost lo- I almost lost my mind to be honest after making it. I almost lost my mind. Uh, for making this album I almost fell down some weird paths in life that I probably would have never been able to recover from I was this close to losing my shit right uh, bounced all back and uh, just gotta say like I might have to take a break from making music because every time I finish it, it gets every time I finish an album it gets worse and worse as far as <sighs> Just the overwhelming anxiety, I think of it, and just the the fact that I'm I'm it's like painting a painting you're painting a picture, and I'm, you're so wrapped up in the, the intricate details of the picture, and the story or, or whatever whatever it is making a movie that you're hyper focused on it, and you at the end of the day you can I can take two fucking take two weeks off, you can take two months off, you can take two years off, it doesn't matter. But uh, when you set yourself a deadline or you set yourself this and you fucking consistently are just stressed the fuck out over everything and you're like yeah and you're not just worried about that but you're worried about how it's going to be perceived you're worried about and you're just and it ha- the album hasn't released yet it's, it's as of the podcast recording is probably about the tw- it's the 30th it's released on the 31st so it's tomorrow uh right around halloween so it's kind of this whole weird vibe in life uh, in general uh you know, it's it's just it's tough, but I I want to say that like I without a doubt have the best album of the year. I can say that. I can say and and what 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 is Medium J saying? What is what does this mean? What is he talking? I have the best album of the year. I have the best album of the year, and it's Mortals Make Messiahs. 
the Messiah's edition. Both editions are amazing. First one sounds like water, the next one sounds like fire, and I think this one is fucking nothing but bangers. It's a couple of times that I can kind of pinpoint if I had to be a dick to my own self that uh, could probably done that better. But overall, general sound is great. It sounds great to me. And I want to thank Damien Beats. Shouts out to Damien Beats. You know what I'm saying? Your boy. Your boy. Uh, your boy fucking respects the, the instruments that you pretty much gave to me, man. So he did it. We fucking did it, man. It fucking took a long time. Took a lot out of me. I lost a lot of friends along the way. Maybe gained a few new ones. Uh, um. I'm the I'm my favorite rapper, dude. I made myself my favorite. Rap. I listen to rap now, and I go, could do better, could do better. And I know it sounds like I shit on these guys, but I truly believe that aerospace that I am in this time right now in 2022, uh, October 30th, I am my own favorite rapper. I am the greatest me I can be, and I feel like I'm doing me better than you can do you I feel like I'm doing me better than you are doing you as far as music is it's because the Jews don't let me (laughs) no I don't want to be in a part of the music industry play hard to get with those Jews now they're gonna get a contract written up (laughs) oh he doesn't want us fuck that he do whatever the black do the whatever do the opposite of whatever the black man does he wants us to drop he wants us to keep keep drop him he wants does he want us to drop him keep keep Kanye then he wants he wants to lose a deal keep him keep him there you know the contracts magically come back once people realize that this whole thing was like a large <clears throat> bluff because Kanye West just wanted to get out of the uh Contracts that he was getting fucked, because Adidas literally, literally said, "We're just gonna take your fucking design, dude. I'm gonna take your design, change the name, and not and run with it." And that's exactly what Carlos Mencia said to Joe Rogan. Just gonna take your jokes, you know, change it up a little bit, put me into it, and fuck you. And uh, if Kanye West, Joe Rogan, Alex Jones. Elon Musk they're in this realm of, of, of figureheads that are fucking shaping society then life's not all that bad right yeah. no one can tell me that my album that I'll release on October, on October 31st is bad no one can tell me that it's I didn't try no one can tell me that I need to pick it up no one can tell me that I need to worry about my flow no one needs to tell me about the content of my lyrics no one needs to tell me about the cadence in my voice no one needs to tell me about <clears throat> uh, uh any even promotion dude people go promotion you know you gotta promote a little bit more I go I used to just you know I used to get so mad at everything in in just what went on in music and I used to just it'd come out on me shitting a lot on a lot of artists that probably didn't deserve it and uh, now that it's all said and done and the album's coming out 
and I have time to reflect and get back to a little normal because you know when you're fucking you know when you're everyone knows when you're making music you're not deep smoking weed and drinking trying to find that edge trying to find that new thing trying to staying up late at night is is the worst I think if you're you can get high and drunk all the time if you want but fucking with an album and I, for people that don't ever make albums I'll give you a fucking honest look and an honest open look to this if you don't ever make an album shut the fuck up about when people make albums all right you make singles, you made singles. Huh? Made EPs, you made e- EPs. You know what I mean? You made um, a compilation project. You made a DJ playlist. Okay, good for you. I'm talking about like legitimately taking nothing and making something. An album that all connects together and congruently. And then you can put it on shuffle. And it'll still kind of sound like it all kind of wraps up together. That's an album. That's an artist. And it takes a lot out of people takes a lot to share. It takes a lot to even say a metaphor that you probably don't mean. You know what I mean? If you're stuck in this weird metaphor where you have to let the song progress and or you, even if you get certain instruments that you don't feel like you need to but you you know the best words that'll that'll be there and the best time to say it and a lot of singers sing the songs about either being single while they're in a relationship or being in a relationship when they're single, right? A lot of singers just sing songs about dreams. I doubt that Tate McRae is constantly being her heart broken to. I think she's a shy girl and overthinks a lot of things. I don't think that she's just constantly being lied to by every single guy. She's, be it, be it, is it me? Artists are very sensitive and one thing can lead to another and, and you can kind of blow out and have a song like Taylor Swift about how every girl, every guy that you've been with has dumped you and they all were pricks. Every one of them, Taylor Swift. You get what you deserve with Kanye West. Everyone talks about Kanye West. No one talks about Taylor Swift. T- Taylor Swift, you had an album no one talked about. I The girls and the story that I was talking about that I've totally forgot to mention the, the girls that had all the swift the swifties right they came into the 7-eleven and they're all kind of drunk and buzz and i asked how it was a taylor swift release party <laughs> so it was kind of lackadaisical no one know, knew how to sing the songs it was kind of weird no one knew how to sing along to the songs when they're playing it in the listening party or whatever uh in our city and uh there was just wasn't it wasn't popping and I, and I told her this. I looked her dead in the eyes and said, yeah, that's because Kanye West is fucking going on. You hear about... The and she just did this. She did one of these. Anyways, uh, I think we're going to get going. We have a nice, you know, have a nice day or whatever. And, or, and it was just one of those things where I was like, like, did like someone hit that fucking... You've seen nothing? And she just blinked and said, okay. And anyways, yeah, Taylor Swift. And she just went, like, completely, like, I'm not even going to mention this Negro kind of thing. I'm not even going to, like, and these were all white people, so I, I'm really good at pretending. I'm really good at just looking like a guy with with a tanning, uh, with a tanning, uh, a tanning bed. I just look like a t- But I'm, I'm, more, I'm more black than most people. I keep the roots. My soul's black, right? <laughs> my soul's seen some stuff. My soul's—I think I'm gonna be Mister Clean for Halloween to clean up my. Soul. 
these fucking rings, right? Three out of the the three out uh, people in my life, out of my life, all told me I look like Mr. Clean. So I think I'll make a picture about me, Mr. Clean. That's my name. It's Mr. Clean. An East Indian friend told me one time. He said, "If people talk about you, uh, if people talk about you while you're not there, and you show up in the midst of them talking about you." You're going to live for a long time in our culture. And uh, I kind of was like, disappointed in, in when he told me that because when you in my culture, and this is one that I just completely made up, but uh, often spiritual or religious sides of it, uh, in the spiritual realm, and I'm, I've, I've, I'm, my name is Medium J., and it's medium, not the size, but, but the fucking clairvoyancy of it. In the spiritual realm, when you tell someone their future, it's almost like signing a death warrant. It's locking their life up in a cage. If I wanted to die tomorrow, I can't now because he kind of put that card into my, you know what I mean, into my chakras or my my spiritual fucking you know he put that into me so it's like wow that there goes there goes my plans to die in the 27 club I'm 28 now too anyways I'm basically finished man. this whole thing sucks man uh but I want to talk about and, and this is going to be a little bit longer than a regular podcast because I feel like I feel like people don't, aren't getting exactly what I do on, on here. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more. Uh, I guess I got to, you know, strengthen up the podcast, right? So once I get to the, dude, once I get to 100 podcasts, though, it's going to, it's all going to magically come together, right? It's all, with the 100th episode, I'd say stick around for the 100th episode, guys. Because of that. That's going to, I'll, I might prank call God on that one. But uh, I watched this movie called uh, A Quiet, All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. Let me tell you, man, I think it's safe to say, though, like Netflix has bangers again, right? I've been listing off throughout this podcast all the Netflix shows that I watched, and they're bangers, man. You think about Dahmer, the new fucking comedy specials that aren't politically, aren't a political circle jerk, and innovative movies. Like the fucking singularity of the infinity, and then they have the the fucking. Sometimes you just want to watch animals, man. Give me the David Attenborough fucking animal documentary, and fucking I want to hear this guy talk about the fucking pelican for five fucking hours. Nothing but pelicans. Give it to me. I want to see. I want to see someone. <clears throat> I want to see someone describe how Bulbasaur, the number one Pokemon is the god of the you know he's the great he's he's the plant of life in in the war in the in the uh, pokemon world i want shit like that right we want things that are descriptive about things right we don't want a fucking woke fest a woke sausage fest of circle jer- jerk of the political party we don't want fucking 
that one time that uh, Michael Jordan said said something funny on on or said something kind of you know mean on the court. You don't want uh, the, the greatest game ever played. Like Michael Jordan, come on, man. Michael Jordan, man. It's mid at best, bro. <laughs> Obviously, that's <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> shitting on people for no reason. But I mean, I'm sure Jordan can take it. What if Jordan's like he's watching his podcast and he's like, "God damn it, dude! I'm gonna play him one on one." And what if I beat him? Right? There's this one guy. There's a fucking documentary on YouTube that I suggest you watch. And it's the one guy that beat Jordan. The one guy that's better than Jordan because he beat him in a one-on-one game. He played him better than Jordan. He beat Jordan. Right? And Jordan couldn't handle it. Jordan could. And the guy was as petty as Jordan because he said, we're not playing ever again. I'm retiring. I beat you, Jordan, in a one-on-one game. And it was like... Dude, it was like Jordan was like, he was like, how about, how about, how about I give you a fucking, I'll give you $50,000 right now, right now to play again, please. 100,000, 125, 135, come on, please, I need need to play, I need to beat you. And the guy was like, I'm good. It was just some guy with glasses, bro. That That guy's literally the best baller in the world. He beat Jordan, you know, People like to talk shit about like the the stacked of UFC and how fighters beat fighters and push each other out. It's a constant ladder to the top. You could fall off that ladder, and Jordan fell off that ladder to to fucking uh, fucking Jamal in accounting. Just the nigga with glasses that could shoot threes better than you, Jordan. <laughs> he played better than you, Jordan. <laughs> Greatest to ever do it shouts out to sh- some random nigga. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on Jordan, but man, you fucking slow, dude. Let's. Start, I don't want to start the roast session on Jordan. I don't want to start the roast session on Michael Jordan. But hey, you had the best shoes. No, Easy did. And Easy said once he had the best shoes, what did he do? He said the Jews fucking suck. And he's like, here's your shoes back, bitch. Dude, he shit on Jordan. You shit on Jordan, dude. Shit on you, dude. You shit on Jordan. Jordan can't play for shit, dude. Oh, back in my day. Oh, old head ass. Michael Jordan's the type of nigga go, back in my day, basketball was actually, you know, it was actually tough. All this new basketball, that was, all my records being broken because you didn't fix the rules. It's like, Jordan, shut the fuck up. The ent- Remember when AI crossed you over, Jordan, and you're looking for your shoes, dog? Motherfucker <laughs> goes on his sh- <laughs> Motherfucker's like, where'd my ankles go, though? Hey, I crossed you over, dude. And it was done. You, you finished after that. You went into baseball, dog. Hey, I crossed you over and you went. I'm going to fucking hit a home run off the park. You suck, Jordan. Your whole life can be summed up as I just sold some shoes to some niggas that can't afford them. Oh, man, I fucked. I keep fucking. That was a little joke. Obviously, that's a joke. Obviously, roasting Jordan is. It's obviously a joke, you know, we cut, we'll cut, we'll cut the majority of what I said. It got, it got anti-Semitic halfway through, right? I don't, I don't, I say I cut things, I don't cut things. Cut one thing one time for Thatcher, because he said the N-word. And I was like, yeah, no, no, you're cool to say that. Someone's got a problem, they'll deal with me, right? I gave you the platform. Uh, But, again, 
I, I think I, this is a wild side note, and I'm actually liking it. But uh, get back onto it, right? The all the all quiet on a Western front on Netflix. This movie painted. I don't want to say it, but it painted Germany in World War One, the losers of the uh, war, as fucking humans, right? As fucking humans, and uh, I hope they have an all quiet on the Western front too. To be- You know they're gonna have to fucking sympathize with uh, Nazi Germany, because uh, they are people, right? They're all people. We're all sensitive people, man. So maybe a Jew hurt uh, Hitler's feelings back in the day. Said that the first, <laughs> maybe Hitler got close enough to be rejected by the people who ran the art industry. And he said, I'm fed up. And they all happened to be Jews at the college that rejected him. And that very well could be the start of World War II. So the start of if the start of World War Three is actually Kanye West, I am going to. I call dibs on, on the prediction. I call dibs on, on the manufactured of, of, of the guns, please. Of <laughs> World War Three. I call dibs on the patents of the idea of war for World War Three, because if Kanye West starts World War Three, I call dibs on it. I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, I just gotta say, um, the World War One movie, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, shown through the scope of a German soldier, no older than I don't know, mid twenties, right? The young guy, a couple of young guys, they go through and they show these like four guys. All of them die, dude. That's a spoiler alert. No one really lives in that fucking thing. They're all fucking dead, and you know, I'm, I'm maybe one of the guys. I don't. I think, but I was watching and like I can't tell any of them apart. All the characters don't matter. People are being blown up. Dying. People are dying. People are losing their mind. It's one of those movies that paints war so well that I go, oh. Like, Saving Private Ryan probably had so many people enlist. And this is, like, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front literally made me want to sign up for the Canadian Army. Made me want to abandon everything I did at the weekend show. Made me want to abandon all the music that I've ever made. Because I go, I would like to enjoy uh, the, the going through the trenches in reality. Not this, the rapper trenches that they talk about. And not the ghettos of... of, of Yes, this is my safe city. I want to explore actual trenches, and I try. And listen, I tried legitimately to uh, multiple times to sign up for the army, and I know I joked about this on a uh, <laughs> "Drop Me Off in Afghanistan" podcast about a year ago, saying specifically, "I'm like, man, I'm too good for you know." The, oh, I, I said that. Okay, this is something that I said a long time ago, saying I'm so good. For the army, but I legit I, I don't know how to fucking sign up online. They make it so hard to sign up online to even just talk to a recruiter that it makes you go fuck. Well, I, I'm not going to the army then. And if that is the case, maybe I shouldn't be in the army. To fucking spend ten minutes trying to sign up for this. Sh- I'm not going to the army. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna die for my country there. <laughs> anyway, fuck you. <laughs> like it's like spiteful, but it's like 
I just feel like there should be um like I there shouldn't there be an easier uh, way to just literally sign up for basic training to see if you're capable of doing it? Isn't there an easier way to talk to a recruiter? Isn't there an easier way to figure it out? Just figure out like base living or the barracks? Or is it all just like uh, come, go, whatever? If you figured it out, you. Or is it like designed to be a puzzle so that it's only the guys trying their best? Because I've honestly. And here's the thing this is actually going to probably fuck with a lot of people that a lot of people are not gonna like me after this but every single army officer that i've seen walking around in full army getup, i look at them and i go oh yeah we're fucked they're protecting our country they're protecting our country that guy i knew growing up is a racist <laughs> That other guy over there that's walking around, he he fucking does ketamine on the weekends. He's a ketamine weekend guy. I go, that guy over there, he's got a fucking junkie of a chick that, that, that fucking gave him syphilis once. I don't think that he should be defending our country. Plus, I could beat up all of them that I've seen. All the, all the all single file line, line up the entire Canadian Armed Forces. I'll beat them up single file. But this German movie about soldiers made me realize that they're all people. This German movie made me realize that we're all part of this. We're all we're all part of this great rock that we live on, right? Um, it's, such, it's such a good movie that I tried signing up, and I'm fucking. I, I'm a joke teller that raps, right, <clears throat> and does podcasts and stuff. Not the best guy to hold a gun, right? I like do to two shoot things, but <clears throat> it's not. I'm definitely uh, definitely an overthinker when it comes to. Uh, it might be actually good for me to be in the army, to be honest. But I'd have to be one of those commander guys that decides when to fight and when not to fight. All right, guys, go fight. Okay, stop fighting. And uh, they even had il- illustrated that during this movie, right? This movie uh, makes it look glorious. Every every little piece of war. It was be- it was a beautiful c- cinematography, and it's one of those movies where you, when you watch like the first ten seconds, you go, "Oh, it's gonna be good." Like it's like it's just all quiet on the Western Front, and it's like opening scene is like some nice sky, and it's like the fucking all the bodies, all the, you know. Then it shows like it goes in and it. It shows sides of the war that aren't often depicted on the screen and that you don't even really think about. Like, <clears throat> like the odd guy getting real fucking nervous, shaken up and squirrely and like losing their mind. And then like the, it's the losing their mind and then like uh, there's there's no like stopping and they continue going. Like So he's losing his mind and, and still killing somebody, right? So he's like fucking, he's so shooken up and so shaken back by this and there's the one scene where this guy is like, he's still shooken up from like five minutes ago after like, you know, watching all his friend die and he's coming into the trenches and he's stabbing this guy, he's breaking this guy's neck or whatever, he's hatcheting this guy. The guy's fucking, he's hatcheting the guy and he's still alive, like, just like, stop, stop. Like, you know, he's giving the, I'm dead, you know, just let me die kind of thing. Like for the, 
and he just like was like about to hatch them and then he fucking bullet comes and hits him and he's like dude keep moving the like the soul and it was like one of those things in 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 in, <clears throat> in the army uh movies that you never get to see you never get to see uh you never get to see a, a, a guy uh struggling to fucking finish killing a guy right and it's like because once you see like the, because the guy looked like him, the the guy, the, they're fucking the 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 Germans fighting the French, so the guys looked like him, and he's just like, oh, please, can't even barely talk, but he's like holding up his hand, being hatcheted to death, the hatch is still in him, like okay, you know, you you got me, I'm done, it's the hands up, and he stopped, right? He stopped as human nature and sympathy and everything wrapped up in in, in while you're fighting in a war, you fucking you think about things as a person with a brain right in the war and then the fucking bullet comes and just finishes it takes him out of his misery which ultimately is the best thing when you're fucking hatcheting a guy it's like okay fucking if you're gonna kill a guy it's the bullet in the head right uh it's fucking that type of stuff the stopping mid-battle to drink like stale dirty water and eat and it's it's like they just shot a bunch of guys and they come and take their base and they're like fucking eating as fast as they can they're eating as fast as they can because tanks are fucking coming they eating as fast as they can because they're fucking hungry drinking the shit drinking juice it was my grand uh my grandpa and and my stepdad you know they say when you're in the army you eat standing up you eat standing up and if you can't eat and standing up in five minutes then you don't get to eat and you know this these 30 minute lunches and you sit down to eat it's pathetic and it's, it's ruining our kids right but it's that kind of scene in the army that really uh paints a fucking beautiful symphony of uh elaborate uh <clears throat> no uh, not elaborate a labyrinth of inner mechanisms of the human uh uh, soul, I guess, I the human emotion <clears throat> that's pushed through war, and is well, it's a good movie, man. <clears throat> I'd put it up there with Saving Private Ryan. I'd put it definitely up there. It's, it's as good as it is, uh, you know. And it, 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 taking the clothes off of the dead soldiers, taking off the clothes of the fallen soldiers that are dead, and washing them and giving them to the new soldiers coming in to fight. <clears throat> the new recruits and everything and it's like why does this guy have a, a name tag oh you know different size oh no that's the guy that died uh those types of fucking scenes are uh genius or like the stealing dude the stealing a, a goose or the goose egg from the farmer uh from the french farmer and the french farmer's fucking had it and then he ends up the, the little boy french farmer ends up and I know I'm ruining it spoiler alert I ruin a lot of things but I just honestly I've I'm the type of guy that if I if you tell me something and you tell me to listen and and I go oh man so what happens they die in the thing well I still want to see it it's like you're watching the picture you're not watching a guy talk about it there's no description that can make you watch a movie and go, because here's the thing: I pride myself on the standard that every movie I watch is better than a guy talking about it. If your movie can't be better than a guy, that's why I have a fine. I guess it's a fine. This is a high standard. My standard is better. My for movies are better than like you can't. No podcast can ruin a fucking movie for me because. No matter how many times I watch a podcast, I don't go, oh, this is so much better than fucking 
this is so much better than a, an Avengers movie or something. These well, as of lately, Avengers of. That's what I'm saying. Like, if your movie cannot beat a guy on a podcast, <laughs> your movie's not doing too good as far as pulling emotional heartstrings and and and, and fucking the elements of fucking theatrical, whatever the fuck. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point, but <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense. Uh, I like the idea that they had with this movie, man. Is a great fucking thing the 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 board mo- there's a boardroom meeting between the generals and the commanders signing the treaties just to they're like randomly we're gonna set an 11th hour and 11th day of the 11th month it's gonna sound good six hours you guys got six hours after that it's over so at the end like this almost this mean guy that they kind of follow throughout the end it's like Fucking the saddest thing because he's fighting on the front lines and he's doing his job. He's fucking going day in, day out. He's fucking killing all these guys. He's doing it. And then right as he gets stabbed and he he was in the fight and they kind of stopped because they heard the things. He gets stabbed. Cease fire, gentlemen. And he's fucking walking around like it's, it's over, right? right? Fucking with a fucking knife wound in his heart. He's walking through the trenches, seeing all these bodies, seeing all the ashes, seeing, and just some guy said it's over, and it's over, and it's a, it's it's a it's a movie that makes makes Germany makes you almost want to feel bad for Germany, but it's almost you feel bad for the little German soldiers, right? feel bad for the, the the individual, not the whole goal of because they Germany was trying to. Uh, in, in the first world war they were trying to do some stuff trying to do some stuff right trying to take over french and the french and the french did a pretty good job at stifling them a lot of bloodshed on both sides though a lot of bloodshed uh it's fucking wild man um the ending has no self gratifying no self gratifying finish <clears throat> there's no sweet relief there's no happy ending, if you will. There's nothing. Uh, fucking kind of losing some some lighting. It's getting dark. It's, it's pretty cool. It's light sunset and during the podcast. Uh, uh, but there's no cool end to it. It was just war sucks. And it's scary. And you keep your wits about you. And uh, at the end of the day, dude, you don't fucking, you don't come home. And if you do come home, you come home with fucking all of these thoughts. You come home with all of these things. And this whole thing that I'm talking about, I want to, I want to get into talking about this guy that I met uh, this past couple of months. And I think I've talked about it. I don't know if I did or not. And when I talked about radicalizing the homeless, that day I met a guy that was homeless. And he was a homeless veteran. He was fucking... He's out there. And it's wild that, you know, I said all of that stuff about uh, uh, the homeless, right? And and the majority of it I made up, right? <laughs> Giving guns to homeless is fucking... It's not a good idea, guys. You shouldn't probably do that. Uh, 
But when I met that same day, the homeless, he was fucking like, I got a gun and I'm, I'm fucking protecting myself and I live in the, on the streets. And he just got a place because he got kicked out. So he was, but he's fucking a veteran, military veteran. That's, he's got a place now. So he's not homeless. He's uh, recovering from homelessness. <laughs> so I don't know what to call it. He's homed. Uh, but he still prefers to beg for change on the street because he's a person that wants to talk to people. He's a human being, but every now and then he'll get squirrely and he'll say, I live in a spot that's sketchy and I don't trust it. And I hope they come down cause I got a Glock 22 and it's fucking pointed at their face. And I go, all right, man. He's, all right. Oh, hey, do you need a smoke? Take a smoke. I'll always have smokes for you, man. Just ask, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of that guy. He's fucking... He's, he went in the war. He talked about it. He fucking talked about uh, where he is at. In, I think it was Korea. I don't know. I can't remember, but I just remember being like... You know, he... Again, he might be making it up. You never know. He could be making it up, but if he, he is, he's doing a great work of fiction that I think is better than any J... J.K. Rowling book or anything like that and uh, yeah I, I can consider him a friend if I see him or if I see the friend that he met he linked me up with this native guy or this native guy was actually talking to me before that other guy so I became his friend his native guy's friend and he was talking to me about this guy that always sits there and I'm like I think I know who you're talking about I see him all the time because I deliver to this this place of, of business and he sits outside with his sign and uh, I gave him a drink the first time I met him I gave him smoke the second time you know it was for friends and talking and shit and the, the native guy is funny man it's fuck too man this native guy he's been been through some stuff too and I, I, I he's like he, he's so light about it too the cool thing about uh, this native guy is that he said I was like uh, you know um He's talking to me about this crazy story about some girls, right? And then he said, I don't know if I trusted him. Me and this other guy, we're like old men, and these like, girls are like fucking fine. And I go, be careful they don't just take your money, right? We can't He's like, I know, but this girl's like, she's sending me crazy photos all day in and day out and this and that. And she's driving me crazy, driving me wild. And I go, I know, but be careful. He's like, and I said, be careful, you might take your money or whatever. And he's like, what do you mean? Fuck. What do you mean, what money? <laughs> Fucking not doing the best. <laughs> I go, oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. And then I saw, and then he's like, I know what I'm going to go for, it, right? And I, I was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, you know, you make a good point, right? I mean, what do you got to lose, right? These are fucking models that he's fucking showing me about these. These chicks are models, right? He's showing me, and he's like, me and this guy are going to take him down, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's going to do it. And I just said, good luck. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm native. <laughs> I don't need luck. It's always been bad. <laughs> And he laughed. It was it was a joke that he said himself. And I went like, "Yeah, dude, like fucking shit on me, man." It's like this fucking. Then he says, "Oh, you know, a white man, you know, the white man will take that. <laughs> you know, give give me luck, the white man will." T-. I was like, "Yeah, shit on this whole thing, right? Shit on it, buddy. That's fucking the the spirit of the native guy." 
in in the midst of a current genocide holocaust and uh, constantly missing women and missing children and, and no answers from the government no missing water lines missing fucking roads and signs and and police and, and presence and well, I guess there's, there shouldn't be no police on uh, on the res because it's the, the freedom you know with the uh, I, I, I I'm, I'm, shouldn't be talking about the culture. I know I'm fucking. I guess I'm technically appropriating their culture, but uh, I mean, I just felt I felt I feel so good uh, spiritually with myself that sometimes I start to lean into that culture. And uh, to be fair, in in all sides, right? And this is what we do with the media, uh, the weekend show of Medium J. We like to attack it from all angles, like it's a circle. I knew this Native American. My one of my good friends uh, growing up was this guy named uh, Tyler E. Man, and he was fucking like smoke weed all the time. He smoked weed all the time. He fucking smoked weed all the like. He was like, "Should we not smoke weed today? No, no, no. We should and do like something like get a pizza or something. No, no, no. We should smoke weed just as much for the pizza." And it was like one of those guys, right? Just every day smoking weed, and it was fun, man. Uh, and again, smoke weed all the time. Eventually, you fucking go. Okay, now I gotta gotta get my life together. Uh, but I remember like we'd hang out sometimes in his uh, grandparents' place, and his grandparents were like the f- very first gen uh, Native American, uh, or whatever whatever we want to call it, like very like Ojibwe and and this and that, uh, and. They had so much Japanese culture uh, in their in their apartment when we had go and smoke weed. I'd noticed so much Japanese culture, and I always thought that was fascinating because I valued American Native American culture over Japanese culture. But I said to myself, they probably look at they they probably looked at that culture the, the way I looked at their culture in in terms, I guess, of my culture. And, uh, like, it's a very respectful kind of thing. So I go, like, if you if, if respecting people's culture and talking about people's culture is appropriation, then, fuck, I mean, just, we might as well just cancel the world. Societies, societies pr- progress past the need for society so we can cancel it. Uh, that's, been, that's been a weekend show with Medium J. I mean, it kind of feels scary. It's Hall- happy Halloween, I guess. I fucking did that with the lights it was kind of didn't even really mean to do that i didn't mean to talk this long i didn't mean to it was all a mistake uh but i will definitely take credit for it to fucking happy halloween guys you know make sure you check out that mixtape make sure you uh download the saga make sure you listen to i got nine hours of a playlist that's all my music on spotify medium j and cash leaders gotta check it both gotta check them both all nine hours of it Oh my! Maybe you could leave. You could take a break every fifteen minutes. You know what I mean. Take a break. Wash your hands. You know, use the bathroom. You know, wash your hands and can have a have a have a bite to eat. You know what I mean. Take a take a drink of water and get back into. It's, it's a nine hour dude. It's overtime. My music is literally in overtime right now, and that's literally the content. And I that doesn't even count the free stuff. It's all free. Who cares? 
Check the check the stuff that kind of results in me getting. Me and Spotify. That you know what's funny? I think Spotify is one of the only music. Wasn't the guy Swedish? The guy that creates Spotify is he Swedish? I hope he's not. I hope he's not. What? I hope he's not Kanye West's enemy. 